everyone welcome to a very very long overdue episode of spirit in the self with me your host mama halim of game to be quite honest with you guys it wasn't until two or three hours ago that i realized that i needed to record an episode I didn't wake up today thinking I was going to record an episode. I, I wasn't even thinking of recording an episode anytime soon until as I was watching Idols South Africa, the most recent episode. One of the contestants there, I think her name was Ngobisile, she shared how she'd been diagnosed with depression and how music had been her happy place. After her her audition, she got the golden tickets. Yay her! <laughs> and after her audition, Unati said to her not to... Well, Unati told her not to be afraid of her pain. She told her not to be afraid of her dark places because more than the people that she'd be with in theater week, she knew how to take herself out of there and she said something to the effect of what Marianne Williamson said in her book A Return to Love that as you let your own light shine you unconsciously give other people permission to do the same and this was her alluding to Mobisile's effects to the other contestants that she'll be interacting with in her journey in Idol's essay wow it it shook me it it hit it it hit home with me i resonated with everything about the that con that specific contestant segment and i hope that wherever it is that you are whatever it is that you're doing you burn your ears and your attention hear me out on what it is that prompted that prompted this very raw episode of spirit and the self and i say very raw because i didn't prepare anything as i normally do i just decided to just be true and be very raw in this one episode and i hope you'll appreciate it so much was because like her I'd been diagnosed with major depressive disorder in February of this year and I when I realized that I couldn't deal with it on my own in March I got admitted at Vista Clinic and had daily sessions with therapists, occupational therapists, a psychologist, and a psychiatrist. And 
am sharing this because for the most part i've never i've never been this vulnerable especially here on on this platform and i feel for me to be able to continue with giving you these episodes i need to tell my story so that if there is anyone out there who has the same struggles that i have that i can be a light upon your path to say whatever it is that you're going through doesn't define you so i got diagnosed with major depressive disorder after two suicidal attempts the first one to be quite honest wasn't <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be a suicide attempt and after after a whole year and some months you know i remember in 2020 in the beginning i was just so unhappy and all i could say was that i'd lost my center i'd always say something to that effect that i'd lost my anchor i lost my center i can't center myself you know and i couldn't put put a finger on what was wrong though i knew something was wrong and like mobile music is my happy place i love music <laughs> oh i love music i remember how at res and varsity everyone knew that i was in the corridors or in the house because i'd always be singing there was no day that went past without me singing and i am quite a good singer by the way <laughs> but for the most part in the last year i couldn't yes there'd be moments where the odd song came and i'd sing but the joy wasn't there anymore that familiarity of singing and something in me coming alive wasn't there anymore i was i was unhappy i wasn't me i faked it yes <laughs> when people came through or i was with people i'd crack the jokes i would laugh unless it were it was people i i didn't know i knew i struggled with social anxiety but it was on another level i'd lash out and i'd just be sour and the person who had to take me in like who had to experience the worst of me was my husband I was so unfair on him and what was supposed things that were supposed to be 
great gatherings and whatnot were were turned sour because I was dealing with something that I also didn't know, you know. I was rather unfair on him. But yeah, it happened. And things just kept getting worse, you know. I gained so much weight that I looked at myself and couldn't recognize myself. I tried learning how to apply makeup, you know, those YouTube tutorials and things, thinking that if my if at least I was okay with what I saw in the mirror, that I'd be okay, you know. I tried buying a wig. <laughs> this was so ridiculous. <laughs> I bought a wig and I thought, okay, social standard, I'm there. But yeah, deep down, I'm, I'm not a wig person and that didn't last long. I even gave the wig away, brand new as it was. But I was trying to cover up a wound with a plaster instead of looking at the root cause and healing it. And things got worse, you guys. In, in February, I... I felt that I needed to sleep. I needed to sleep and at least wake up to the situation being a bit better or something, you know. And I remember I overdosed on sleeping pills and some allergics. I woke up. I I, I, I woke up, yes. Like on the Thursday, because I I took the pills on a Wednesday. I woke up on Thursday, but I was still very drowsy, and it was only when I woke up on the Friday that I regained my consciousness, and I thought it was Thursday still, and nothing had changed. I needed to face the situation, but I couldn't. I couldn't for the life of me face the situation that I was in and I decided okay I'm gonna commit suicide and when I made that decision normally when I had suicidal thoughts I think of my parents my younger brother and my husband and I just in Isela, you know, I just beg Isela and not even think of doing it because of the pain that it would inflict on them. But in this instance, I was numb. I can never, ever explain the numbness I felt in those moments. It was as if everything had shut down. And I'm in this dark place that I just wanted to get out of. And the only solution I saw was suicide. And I overdosed again on pills. And that's how, well, the 
with the suicide being so unsuccessful, that's how I got to see a psychiatrist. And at first, I'd opted for the outpatient program, but the suicidal thoughts still persisted. They, they didn't come with a feeling of numbness anymore. Whenever I thought of drinking this or that con- concoction or slitting my wrist or covering my, my head with a plastic bag after drinking whatever pills, there'd be a feeling of fear. I'd be... The consideration for other people had come back and I never followed through. I remember when I called the psychiatrist's office, I told the receptionist that I literally begged her. I told her that I can't, I, I, I couldn't anymore and that I'm, I was scared that I was going to do something and that this time it's going to be final. It took a while, but yeah, that's how I got admitted. And that's why I, after the whole process and me being at home with discharge and everything, I decided to be more active on spirit and the self. And I shared about shadow work, self-love and all those things because those were the things that I'd been going through. And I kept quiet and not and didn't release anything because I went into hermit mode. I needed to go deeper than I'd ever gone before. I needed to confront situations that I'd never really confronted before. And I didn't feel that those were things that I could share on this platform. I couldn't even find any angles to turn it around and make it as if it wasn't the situation that I was in because I started this whole thing to help me with my healing, for me to be raw about my journey. And I didn't want to share the things that I've been going through with a veil that that didn't share that 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 with a veil that covered that I was going through this. Oh my god, <laughs> it was so hard to get out. But yeah, I've been through the most and this is me trying to help someone out there to say there is hope, there is healing. If I did it, so can you. So, the 
the suicide, the depression, and going into this clinic for my healing was literally the turning point in my life. Because I realized that all my life, in my 28 years of life, it was about making other people happy. 28 years of making other people happy. 28 years of wanting to be seen, wanting to fit in, wanting validation. And I, I went about this the wrong way I went about it the wrong way because what I I deemed as shameful about myself I, I, I hid from whoever I was with at that point in time to a point of lying Whatever I deemed wasn't supposed to be seen by someone, even though it was something small, I hid. I hid it. I thought for me to play an active role in society, to be accepted, I needed to be someone else. And strangely enough, in the, t- in, the, in the moments or the years when I wasn't in a relationship, I, I was so much at peace. I, I knew what I had going for me. I knew what it is that I wanted. I knew how to stand in my own being and be comfortable in it. But the moment someone extended a hand and showed that they wanted me in their life, I'd hide my truth. I struggled with being vulnerable. I'd rather have people open up to me and me being their help instead of me opening up and accepting other people's help. That was another thing. I could never, ever ask for help. It's really only until recently, actually in the past few weeks, where I realized I have such a huge community of people. A huge community of people that I tend to shut shut out of my life whenever the going gets tough. A community of people that... I shut out of my life whenever I feel that, mm -mm, you know, I can't be in, in, in this league of people. And with healing, I realized that I was my own enemy. I was my own enemy. 
whenever someone whenever i called someone and they could they didn't pick up my calls you know the first thought i had was what have i done to this person instead of thinking that this person was busy or for some reason they can't get back to me you know instead of allowing people to be human and myself to be human i thought I must have done something wrong or something about me is the matter or things like that. I brought the darkness upon myself because yes, I didn't know better, but also because of childhood experiences, you know, childhood traumas. And trying to be a mediator between parents whose marriage you've you've never really understood, Hore, why are these people still married? You know? And a part of me feeling responsible for keeping the peace, you know? And I couldn't I'm sorry, this this episode is very, very emotional for me. But I am, I am following through with it. Because this is a great part of who I am. And all those things were lessons. I remember, um, summer job is in Hawaii. That song. That song. I love that song so much that I wrote my final English home language creative paper on it. <laughs> I've never ever resonated with any other song as much as I I do with that one. And even through these two years that have been the darkest of my life. It was the one song that I'd go to, you know, and the sense of peace that it gave me. I don't know, I can't explain it. It it spoke of a place where there's no conformity, a place where we sit next to God and we're just free. And now that I look back, I've been yearning for that freedom for a long time. And that freedom was within me. Because before other people could accept myself, I needed to accept myself. And accept myself holistically. With my darkness, with my mistakes, with my failures, everything. And not always try to to show one dynamic of myself. You know, because that's what I did. I tried to be a one-dimensional person. Now that I know better, 
I can actually say that I was trying to be a one-dimensional person, a person who doesn't have mistakes, a person who who just deals, you know, I can't ask for help, I can't do this, I can't do that, it always has to be me for me, you know, me and just me, even though I had this huge community behind me. And if anything, I'm very grateful for my turning point. Yes, it came about in a very dramatic and very dangerous way, but it came nonetheless. And it came because I couldn't fit into my own mold anymore. There were dimensions of me that needed to come out. There were dimensions of myself that I'd forgotten that I needed to remember. I needed to remember that I am beautiful. I am. No lies. (laughs) I needed to remember that I am smart. I needed to remember that I am a powerhouse. And I am. You know, and that I am worthy and deserving of good things, and that my self sabotage was nothing but acts that I learned to survive, and I needed to come to the realization that I was done surviving, now was my time to thrive. And I cannot tell you the amount of peace that comes with that. The amount of gratitude that comes with that. Because it's, wow, it's life-changing. When you realize that Everything that you've ever been through. Everything. Every single thing. However small. Works for your good. I've heard people. On this journey. I've. Scarred. People for life. Because I wasn't healed. And that is. Normally what happens. When we. Don't take responsibility for our own healing. Yes, it's not our fault that we are scarred, that we are hurt. But it's our responsibility to take it upon ourselves to heal, to unlearn and learn behaviors that will help us navigate this whole thing called life. And that's where I am right now. I've unlearned and now I'm learning. And I'm very excited (laughs) for what life holds. And to you who's listening to me and feel that nothing is coming right for you or that 
you've been trying and nothing you can't you, you can't say that you're thriving you're just surviving where there is a will there is a way sometimes it's in the words that someone is going to speak to you sometimes it comes in loving a person so much that you want to change for them or it comes when there is no other option but to look within but it comes and when it finally does come that's when your life starts your life on your terms your life based on who you want to become not who society tells you to be not who your parents expect you to be or who you thought you would be when you were in your hurts but the person that you see yourself becoming as you heal small does not serve the world there's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you we are all meant to shine as children do we were born to make manifest the glory of god that is within us it's not just in some of us it's in everyone and as we let our own light shine we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear our presence automatically liberates others that's by marian williamson from her book a return to love i wish you healing i wish you joy
bad for your life. A dream not inspired by your traumas. A dream not inspired for your need to fit in. But those dreams that spark fire in your spirit. Dreams that make you happy to be alive. Catapult you to greatness.